0: All right, joining us from Washington, D.C., is Congressman French Hill. He joins us. And, and, Congressman, how you doing? It's going to get wet there in a couple of days. You know that, right?
1: Well, Dave, fortunately, I'm uh, back in Arkansas today uh, oh, good. in the sunshine and not uh, trapped uh, up there when it gets wet. And I just walked out of a really good, interesting meeting with uh, the governor and uh, Agricultural Secretary Sonny Perdue. Talking about uh, obviously trade, agriculture, and more importantly for our farmers here and, and uh, everybody here, the cleanup after these floods we've just had.
0: Well, tell me, did you get any? Did they, did they talk anything about you know this whole thing with Japan about they're going to buy a bunch of corn, and what about the French and buying uh, you know the uh, what was it that they said they were going to buy uh, that the Chinese weren't. Uh, gosh, can't think of what it was now, but they were going to pick up the slack on that. Is it looking like all that's still going to happen?
1: Well, there was a a lot of conversation about the importance of USMCA, the uh, Canadian-Mexican agreement, and how uh, Purdue was uh, hopeful that uh, the Congress will uh, see the light and get that passed this fall. People have been a little bit more optimistic. Uh, Nancy Pelosi had a A phone call with her conference yesterday, I've not gotten a readout on that, specifically on USMCA. I really want to know what was said and what the conclusion was, because this is so important for our country. And I hate to see that agreement hijacked by either just dislike of President Trump or just being uh, anti-trade like so many in the opposition political party are right now.
0: Yeah. What is it that they don't like about that? It seems like to me, we this is a big win win for everybody. Uh, It is.
1: There's only one uh, reason that I can see, and that's politics and T-R-U-M-P. I mean, there is no uh, reason to oppose this U.S.M.C.A. It's the best agreement uh, and it is an excellent replacement for NAFTA. Canada and Mexico have already approved it, and so it's now up to the U.S. Congress uh, to bring it to the floor for a vote. If it comes to a floor for a vote, I feel confident that we can muster the votes to pass it, and that's great for Arkansas. So uh, Secretary Purdue talked about that, talked about the uh, importance of the Japanese agreement that has been announced, the framework of, by Prime Minister Abe and, and Donald Trump last week, which will be great for American uh, beef producers and poultry producers
0: yeah and then soybeans that's what it was that the french were going to yeah. buy is that is are we still on uh, on target for that
1: uh we're on target but i really to me it's a quantity issue to make up for the deficit in what the chinese were buying and uh i think the sentiment is good to buy corn and, and soybeans but uh, obviously, what we need is a deal between China and the U.S. and get our uh, mutually beneficial trading system back on track there.
0: Okay, so uh, if they do that and uh, the president has talked about, you know, uh, releasing federal funds to the farmers to try to take mitigate some of this uh, hardship hardship that they're taking because of what's going on with China, is that enough to keep them comfortable? Uh, afloat
1: in business? I think that's a mixed story. I think some will say yes. I would say as a former uh, commercial banker who dealt with a lot of farmers over my career, uh, the answer is no. Uh, This is not a way to sustain uh, the farmers. This is what it is, which is a very modest, short-term emergency payment offset by the tariff revenue, and it's not a ag policy. It's not Something that is any in any way, I think, helps these farmers maintain a sustainable uh, financial picture. So, uh, I think some would would say, sure, yeah, it's good, it's better than not having it. But I don't think it's uh, uh, what's the right thing to do. We need a we need a trade arrangement that opens markets in China, removes their protectionism, and and lets American manufacturers and and farmers prosper by that.
0: All right. Well, let's move on. There's other things that are happening besides trade. Uh Trump now is going to move forward with that 3.6 billion dollars from the military projects for the border wall. Your thought about that and uh, how well is how well along are they on on moving that money?
1: Well, First of all, this was debated back when we had the discussion of how to fund additional border wall beyond the the money that was appropriated, 55 miles, and the president proposed this reprogramming of money. It went back to the committee chairmans. We had a lot of discussion about it in Congress, and we were assured that this DOD-related money, Defense Department money, Uh, would not uh, hurt any major military construction priority project inside the United States or at key bases abroad, uh, that this money was um, uh, not critical to our national defense. And so I also checked in Arkansas, and it doesn't impact our important facilities at Fort Chaffee or Pine Bluff Arsenal or Camp Robinson or out at Little Rock Air Force Base. So basically, the president had offered to do this reprogramming. He has the authority to do this reprogramming under statute approved by Congress, and he's going to use it for border construction, and the DOD has approved it. And thus far, as you know, you've noted uh, the federal judiciary has supported it as well, saying he does have that authority.
0: Yeah. Seems like the media has lost interest in the border, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Isn't it interesting? You know, it's just... um, the busy bee syndrome in the media If it's not a flowers not in imminent bloom they're not buzzing around it so they've moved on to other other topics the bottom line is i'm satisfied that our military and law enforcement uh, construction priorities can be met and that this is a way to uh, enhance the construction of the border using existing existing federal money already appropriated
0: i was talking to Steve. or something he brought up to me Steve. Uh, Steve Smith works uh, directly for the governor, or not the governor, the congressman, uh, that our military troops that are working on the border, once a lot of this wall is up, their job will be done. They'll be able to come on back to uh, the jobs or number one jobs they're supposed to be doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, they are. A lot of people don't understand that. When we deploy the Guard uh, to the border. They're there in a support role. They're doing transportation. They're doing uh, care. Uh, they're not performing a task of a customs uh, official or a border patrol. They're purely there in a, in a support role or uh, in a construction support role. So yes, that would be true for two reasons. One, the construction work that the president has as an objective is done. And secondly, if we have more effective fencing then we hopefully have less need for that supplemental help from the national guard. Yeah,
0: and that's that's good news. That's going to save money right there.
1: But look, I still say that we are short authorized personnel. We have we've authorized a lot of personnel in the border patrol and customs, those jobs are not filled and of course we've got we've approved over 300 new federal judges for speedier adjudication of these uh, immigrants that are there awaiting uh, a federal review of their case so we're doing a lot but i still think that we're probably not staffed uh, where we should be so there still may meet some peripheral uh, role for for our national guard
0: our guest congressman french hill district two good to have him with us as he always is on wednesdays here on the dave ellswick show from about three thirty until four o'clock uh, let's get one more question in before we go to break, and it continues to, to do with the wall. Evidently, uh, Pentagon controller Elaine McCusker McClus- is saying that uh, the building of that wall is going to start in about 135 days. Is that correct? Uh,
1: yes, uh, it's projecting 11 different projects, if my memory is right, uh, for about 175 miles of new or reconstructed uh, wall at the highest priority areas. And back in February when the uh, appropriations work was completed on the border, that 55 miles of uh, fencing was down in the Rio Grande Valley, which is where we have really most of these incursions in this year. It changes from time to time, but Mm -hmm. uh, so many of these family incursions were along the, border between Laredo and, and down to uh, McAllen and Harlingen, in the Rio Grande Valley.
0: All right. Well, let's take a break, uh, if that's all right with you, Congressman. When we come back, uh, on Facebook, it went on fire last uh, week, and that dealt with the policy memo, memo going about military families serving overseas and kids being uh, citizens and all that. I'd like you to clear that up for us, if you would, when we get back. Is that possible? You bet. Let's do it. All right, we'll talk about it here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back on the Dave Ellswick Show, and our uh, special guest, Congressman French Hill, and I—I I, I really can't say enough about the congressman making himself available to us weekly because there's things that pop up that you, you're not expecting, and, and when they do, it's nice to be able to get him on the air and let him talk about them. For instance. This whole thing about the media publishing the story about the USCIS policy memo on adopted children and military families. When I started seeing this on Facebook, uh, this went from beyond uh, talking about adopted children to talking about if you're in the military and you have a child overseas, they're not going to be a U.S. citizen and yada, yada. It was crazy, Congressman. And I kept telling people, hey, look. When you're born on a U.S. Uh, military facility, you're born on American soil. That's American soil. And I said, I don't know what people are telling other people, but whatever it is, it's wrong. And I'm glad you're here so you can clear it up for everybody.
1: <clears throat> yeah, this was a tempest, I think, in a the proverbial teapot. Uh, the estimates I saw that were published in Military Times suggested only – Twenty or twenty-five families a year were impacted yeah. by this. I would argue, Dave, that if there was not social media and this policy uh, policy had been released by DoD twenty years ago or something, no one would even know it happened. Nope. Or care. Nope. Um, but I think it's important for listeners to realize that <clears throat> this only affects three categories of people, children of non-U.S. citizens who mm-hmm. are adopted by U.S. citizen government employees, children of non-U.S. government employees or certain who are naturalized after the child's birth, and children of U.S. citizens that don't meet residency requirements. And that's a complicated list of descriptions, but it is not what went out on social media saying that Service members have a child abroad aren't now aren't U.S. citizens and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, it doesn't impact birthright citizenship at all. And you know, uh, it was as as Ken Cuccelli said, who's the acting director at the Immigration Service. People were freaking out over nothing. I think was his quote. That's true. Um, it you know it makes you wonder. Uh, What they could have done when they published the thing, could they have made it better the way they wrote it? Because, uh, you know, and maybe they could have. But my deal is in this world we live in, people take everything, they explode it into a social media frenzy. They get people stirred up over nothing. Our phone uh, lit up on this and our uh, correspondence that this was a moral outrage that uh, President Trump was taking away. Uh, U.S. citizenship rights just because Americans lived outside the U.S.? I mean, it it was ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, when I saw it, I came on the air the next day and and mentioned it because I thought that's all that was necessary, just mentioning it. And I have to tell you, I was wrong because there were people out there just talking about it and didn't have a clue about what they were talking about.
1: I think the best thing we can all do is public officials, elected officials, and people in the media, particularly those who carry on a longer, more thoughtful, everyday, you know, radio discussion, is put out the documents on our social media pages and our Facebook pages. Uh, give people the the reference points. Uh, let people read the actual material for themselves instead of spin tweets and spin Facebook pages Mm -hmm. from people who are paid um you know political people uh who are paid to stir people up and get them anxious and uh it's it's what we all complain about and yet we fall into bad habits so we try when it comes to things like this to put longer explanations out on our facebook page from time to time to try to give people the the facts
0: all right let's talk about something local you like to talk local because you're you come back here to take care of things local, your your uh, workers do things for people locally, and uh, you guys unveiled a new uh, wilderness sign, is that right?
1: Yeah, there's uh, out at Flatside Wilderness, which is in Perry County, about an hour outside Little Rock, uh, President Trump signed into law some forest land, uh, U.S. forest land addition to that, and... <clears throat> I had it named for Ed Bethune, who is a longtime uh, great citizen of our state, a former uh, U.S. attorney, a former FBI agent, a decorated uh, Marine, a former U.S. congressman for the 2nd District. Great guy. We we stopped out there, and a nice author now. We'll put in a plug for Ed Ed Bethune as author of great fiction. Uh, But we named this addition to the wilderness area out there, the Bethune Woods in his honor for back when he was in Congress in 1984, his outstanding work on uh, conservation issues around the state uh, that led to uh, Flat Side's creation.
0: So that's very cool. I'm uh, pleased to see that happen. Couldn't happen to a better guy, to be honest.
1: Well, there there are few sages in our state quite like Ed Bethune. I mean, uh, uh, he's a um, got. Deep White County roots and a great lawyer and FBI agent, member of Congress, uh, proud, proud Marine. And he's getting ready to have a grandson.
0: Yeah, uh, good for him.
1: Finish up OCS and become a Marine officer here soon. And just had his son, uh, Sam, complete 20 years in the Navy and retire. Wow. So. This is a great family in our state, and I salute him, and I can't think of a better way to recognize his work.
0: Well, good for you. You did a good job on that. You did a good job of bringing everybody up to date on this whole thing about citizenship and then keeping us up to date on what the president is doing about military projects and as far as tariffs go. Congressman, it's always a pleasure. We'll do it again next Wednesday. You have a great rest of your week. Same to you, Dave. Thanks. Talk to you later now. Congressman French Hill here on the Dave Ellswick Show, really like having him on. And uh, I, I don't think you really recognize, uh, a lot of people don't, how, how good it is that you have a congressman that will come on the, on the radio, on the record every week and talk about the issues that are affecting our nation. And it's always good to hear from him and, and, and hear his side of the story.